Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I am your co-host, Andy Rieger of J. Rieger & Co. Joined, as always, by Matt Basinger. We are both drinking some wonderful straight rye whiskey this morning. And today we are in the Let It Fly Media Studios. Today's episode is brought to you by Emprise Bank. When you need a partner, not just another bank, member FDIC. Today's guest with us is also enjoying some of our rye whiskey today. We have David Kaplan, the CEO of KC Orthopedic Alliance. David, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How's the whiskey? Uh, terrific. Awesome. Can't wait to have more. <laughs> Let it be known that I am drinking coffee with cream, for those who want to judge me. David, what is the KC Orthopedic Alliance? What do you do? Great question. Uh, it is a new company, so we just uh, actually got established April 1st, wow. um, so just a few months ago. Uh, it's a combination of, of uh, initially in April, April was two of uh, the most well-known orthopedic groups here in the market, the private practice groups of Dixon Dively, Midwest Orthopedics, and Orthopedic Sports Medicine and Consultants consultants. Um, in July, July 1st, we actually brought on Apex Sports Medicine or Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. So they are kind of the founding fathers, if you will, of the Kansas City Orthopedic Alliance. Um, and so far, it's off to a great start. What I do, I think, is uh, manage 35 plus doctors in their business, ensure our patients are taken care of, that we have one of the, the best workforces in the in the region. And uh, right now, it's really about establishing the culture for what we want to look like going forward. Sure. So, so as part of that model, then, you basically are taking competing offices and bringing everyone together saying, let's just bring all the back-end work, all of the marketing, everything. So how do you decide where people go, or is it just hey, we're all on the same team, so whichever doctor is ready to go, whichever one specializes in this certain thing, you get this job. It, it would be uh, great if it was that easy. Um, but yeah, it is uh, three different cultures who are kind of merging together. And um, right now, it's really uh, about keeping your eye on the big picture. You know, how do we take care of our patients in the best manner possible? How do we build an infrastructure that supports that, that supports the doctor's efficiency? Um, we do kind of have a unique situation in the fact that we own our own hospital. So it is the only provider-owned hospital in the state of Kansas, um, the only orthopedic uh, hospital that is provider-owned. And so um, we also have surgery centers as well as imaging centers. So um, it's about keeping everyone kind of on, on the goal of how do we take care of patients? How do we keep them coming to the right place at the right time with the right doctor? And how do we allow the doctor to do their job? So there's a real estate component to the business as well. Correct. So you are not a doctor, let it be known. I am right? not a doctor. It, it, I, a I know of, doctors. I'll say a lot of folks assume you are, I'm guessing, when you say you work with the KC Orthopedic Alliance. Yes. Um, Runs the KC yes. Orthopedic Alliance. The, uh, there, I feel like the business of the medical world right now is a little bit of a touchy subject. It's in the news a lot. Like, how do you balance this idea of this is a, a, a group of folks who need to make money and want to make money and also wanting to provide really, really great care to as many people as possible who need it? Like, yeah. Well, I think that's uh, it's it's fascinating, right? Because it's not so much about the doctors needing to make money. Um, if the doctors show up to work and do their job, if the staff show up to work, everything else kind of falls into place. I think it's about ensuring that we can cover the lives of Kansas City and work with the different employers in Kansas City and, and the region, work with the payers, and provide something that's unique to their customers or their patient base. And so um, if we do our job well, the doctors can show up to work, they can focus on what they need to focus on, and, and 
And it's really more about ensuring we're covering those lives and we're providing that service so that when someone sends a patient to us or someone sends their family member to us, we're able to take care of them. So, so you've been got what, three, four months now, right? Like this is a relatively new entity. Was this you going to these doctors and saying, hey, we want to do this thing? Was it a group of folks coming to you being like, hey, we need some help to run the business side of thing? Like how does, how does this whole thing come together? So I, I know that uh, this has been a conversation in this market for over six years now with multiple groups. Um, Dr. Divelbest is the president of the Kansas City Orthopedic Alliance, and he's had this vision for a long time. Um, this is actually one of the last markets really in the country that hasn't formed uh, what would be known as a super ortho group, um, an orthopedic group. Uh, on the private practice side. So you're seeing health systems kind of gobble up groups. You're seeing private equity come in, uh, but the docs are losing ownership. They're losing the ability to take care of their patients the right way. And so this is the last market that really has come mm. together and said, we're going we're gonna to create, create economies of scale. We're going to create one infrastructure so we can you know, not worry about the expense side of the equation as much and we can do what we need to do. Um, but it's been a long time coming. Uh, I, I was brought into the conversation last summer um, so a little over a year ago, I started in December, um, which probably wasn't uh, nearly enough time to do this type of integration of three cultures and groups, but uh, great teams behind me. And so it's worked out really well. So let's sort of dive into that. Mm -hmm. Your background. Can you just walk us through? How'd you get here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about this before the show and it's yeah. easily one of the more fascinating ones we've ever heard. Uh, so I am from Memphis, Tennessee originally, came out to KU in 2000, uh, KU graduate. I started a, a poker can I, business. Can I interrupt really quickly? I'm yes. so sorry. What's better barbecue? Memphis barbecue or Kansas City barbecue? They are both terrific. I can't, uh, I can't, no. I, Congratulations. I'll tell you. Uh, Can we the, end the, the show here? Yes, we'll end the show. The, the burn-ins here are, are uh, well above any burn-ins in Memphis, oh. Tennessee, but uh, Memphis has probably some better ribs and, and some good dry rub. But sure. uh, yeah, loving the brisket here in Kansas Wait, City. did you awesome. just say sure? Uh, I said sure. I was just in Memphis. Did they you say do. yeah, sure, yes. or did you say yes, sir? So you went from <laughs> Memphis to Denver. Yes. Yeah. Memphis. So when I was in Memphis, I ran a poker business, um, did that for a few, few years. Nope. And not skipping over that. Let's yeah. talk more about that. I could talk about that all day. Let's yeah. talk about 30 that seconds. Yep. Poker business. 30 seconds. So, uh, basically it was the same concept uh, as bar trivia. You know, we, mm -hmm. we brought in customers who could play for free, gave monthly prizes, nightly prizes, kept point systems, had a monthly tournament of champions, sent them to Vegas, uh, kind of all exclusive paid, sent them to big poker tournaments across the country. Um, but, Basically, we, we charged the bar, you know, to bring in customers on their slow night. Um, then got into fundraising, worked with United Cerebral Palsy, Make-A-Wish, um, started doing pretty big fundraiser tournaments, held one of the largest fundraising poker tournaments at a casino at the time, um, and then realized I didn't want to be eating fried food 15 hours a day and living in bars, and it's probably not healthy, and I should move somewhere and become more active and ended up in Denver, Colorado. Yeah. Oh, true to the word. Yep. So Denver, uh, yeah. and what did you do in Denver? So Denver, I immediately got hired onto a finance company, which sent me to Philly for two months of training and then seven months in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, came back to the apartment we were renting in Denver, still didn't have a couch there. My wife had been at the time using an old mattress to sit on because she was waiting for me to buy a couch. Um, bought a couch and then was in Denver for the next 15 years. Okay. So, mm -hmm. And so like, how does all or any of that translate into a role of working with doctors here in Kansas City. So, you know, running a group of doctors in yeah. Kansas City. <laughs> so, uh, well, I, I spent quite a, quite a little bit of time in healthcare when the market crashed, uh, went to Children's Hospital Colorado, 
uh, started at the front desk greeting folks, uh, very quickly learned, um, you know, there's not a lot of folks who have run a business or no business in healthcare. Usually they get right into healthcare straight from undergrad. They go to straight to get a master's degree, but they don't have any other industry experience. And I knew my knowledge of, of the financial world, my knowledge of running a business would come in handy. So um, after a few years of doing various jobs uh, at Children's, ran their primary care program there, and then slowly morphed into running the CU orthopedic program um, and, and grew that to a pretty impressive state. So thinking about then what you've got going on with the orthopedic group right now, you know, sort of I'm stealing words and correct me if I'm wrong. Sounds like from what you said, really this alliance more or less is the alternative to the conversion of orthopedic surgeon centers in Kansas City being owned by private equity firms and it transitioning from patient care to profit models. Exactly. I couldn't have. I probably wouldn't have said it like that because I would be poking the bear a little bit. But um, you know, the benefit that we have is uh, just as an example. When we run our own hospital and the doctors get to make decisions, they they make patient care-based decisions, not profit-based decisions. So we have uh, the best nursing ratios in, in the state, probably uh, in the country, if you were to compare how many patients to nurses that we have when they, they are inpatient post-surgery. Um, so we have one nurse for every three patients on the inpatient floor, and that's just unheard of. Usually you're at one in seven, one in nine. And so when the doctors have a choice of, are we going to take care of the patient or maximize our bottom line, it's take care of the patient. So uh, very different mindset, right, than if you're uh, speaking to a board or um, if you have to, to go to your private equity board and say, hey, here's our situation and, and what's our bottom line look like? So then really looking at either, there's two ways to describe the next five, 10 years for the business, either management or growth. Mm -hmm. And being that it's a doctor-driven culture, you know, really bringing the top orthopedic surgeons all together, is it more of a, hey, let's continue the patient care approach and let's maximize, we're going to use the real words, maximize the bottom line by being as efficient as possible and not going away from the patient care model that we have. And so let's manage the business properly. Or is it more of a growth approach of let's find other orthopedic centers in the Midwest and slowly bring all of these together? So I think it's probably a combination of both. I mean, um, you're reading between the lines pretty quickly. You know, if we can build a high-functioning organization and infrastructure, we can quickly bring on other groups or build de novo um, pretty quickly, right? Build a what? De novo, uh, new, right? We can sure. bring in new docs sure. straight out of training and build new facilities, build new surgery centers out in the community and making sure we're taking, pay, taking care of our patients close to where they work and where they live. Um, and if we have the right infrastructure that is efficient, that is high functioning, um, then that's the next step of the process. Um, so historically speaking, with Kansas City being one of the last major markets to do this, mm -hmm. for other cities that have been doing this 5, 10, 15 years, like what, what does that typically look like? What would be a normal trajectory if you start with 35 doctors after five, are you hoping to have 70? Or is it more based off of how large the metro is? Like, yeah. what do you anticipate? Yes, yeah, so I don't think there's a set number, but uh, I think it's been uh, time and time again, growth is inevitable mm -hmm. in this in this phase because folks who are part of two man groups, four man groups, you know, they realize the benefit uh, of joining, right? And yeah. so they don't have quite the overhead. Uh, when they join, they're part of a system. Um, we have better relationships with payers and with employers. We can take care of, of the patients and the customers better. So that's the inevitable next step. Um, how do we kind of build a circle around the region, you know, and how do we take care of it uh, as best as we can? Two components of the business. 
You have the actual operations. You have the real estate. Yep. Typically, and correct me again if I'm wrong, the real estate is owned by the primary doctors of their orthopedic practices, and that's like their nest egg, more or less, that they get to have. When you're creating this alliance, just focusing on that element first, do they get to continue to retain their individual properties, or is that considered communal property based on how you are bringing the alliance together? There's a, a, a few different models. So from a physician uh, ownership model, when physicians work in a surgery center, there's requirements on their ability to purchase a piece of that surgery center. And from you? From or is that the, like a law? It's, it's a federal law. Got it. So usually that law requires 33% of your eligible cases to be done in that surgery center. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't be a passive owner. You have to be an active owner. That's where you work. That's where you take your patients. And then that's an individual investment. Um, as a company, we, we have the option to buy the building, to manage the surgery center, and have downstream ancillary revenue that way. Um, we can build an imaging center next door. There's a lot of opportunities as a company. Um, most likely, we'll be creating an investment LLC and hopefully bringing community leaders into that conversation to say, how do we support the community when we do buy land, when we do kind of invest in space? Um, and then people can, and the group can choose to kind of invest in those LLCs as much as possible. So then from the operations side, you sort of talked about that 33% of the patients have to be at their primary facility, yep. give or take. Are you actually, when you're creating this alliance, do the doctors all own equity in it? Or is it purely a, you know, here's our model of how you get paid out based on what business you bring in. And it's just everyone is calculated differently. So is it like an ownership model, which is traditional in the business world? Or is mm-hmm. it a, a little of a funky thing like doctors typically play with? Um, it is an ownership model. I was going to say funky thing because it feels like that, but it is a straight partnership. Um, and, and there's two sets, really. There's the doctors who have been there and established and have a practice, and they have an equal ownership share. And, and we do run for what's best for the organization, not the individual doctor. Uh, and then we bring in employed physicians who need to get up and running and get to that point when whatever financial model we have in play, that they have enough volume, they have enough patients that will fit into that. And then they have the opportunity to be be an owner of the company. So does it function like a law firm or an accounting firm where it's like when you're a partner, that's how many interests there are in the business. If there are 15 partners, there are 15 shares. If there are 10 partners, there are 10 shares. If it fluctuates to 20, there are 20 shares. Exactly. Got it. Yep. yep. So right now, I think each owner has 3.666% of the company or some some uh, number around there. And uh, that decreased on July 1st when we added six new partners. So um, it's uh, it, at the end of the day that the ownership of the company is uh, important, but it's run by a board of docs. And um, we have different committees of doctor en- engagement and involvement that make the decisions of the group. And as you are absorbing new doctors and their recurring revenue streams into mm-hmm. the model, is it similar to a law firm where the new partners have to still buy in? Or is it, hey, you're contributing future revenue streams to the partner base. We understand that. Mm-hmm. We want you as a partner. Come on board. Yeah, so it's interesting because there's several different ways you can do these integrations. We've been taking the um, the contribution and exchange agreement approach, which is basically the doctors give up their assets in exchange for the company. So we just roll in these these other organizations into the fold, um, and that's worked really well, right? Because you don't have to necessarily exchange money at the time of, of uh, integration, and uh, they get to keep working the same way they worked before at the same location, and over time we can kind of figure out what's best for the organization. We 
probably could continue to pepper you with all sorts of questions. Feels like an interrogation. Yes, that is great. Other podcasts. Let me take our time with this. That's that was bad. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> switch switching subjects. Uh, what? We'll just go straight to it. What's the coolest thing you've ever done? Not not even business related, just like in life, because uh, we gotta start wrapping up. What's the coolest yeah. thing you've ever done? Uh, a few things that come to mind. Took took full advantage of COVID and isolation last year to hike quite a few fourteen thousand foot awesome. peaks in wow. Colorado. So I think we got ten last year. Um, and those are the the things when you're on your way up, you never feel like you can finish. And when you get to the top, it's it's just exhilarating. So um, whenever I'm going through a rough time, I can always just feel the air uh, of those 14, 14ers. And, and uh, that's pretty exciting. And then uh, my wife and I got engaged in Israel right next to the, the wall. And uh, that was a pretty cool experience. So. That's awesome. Well, David, we really appreciate you making time to tell us a little bit more about what you all are working on. Um, on behalf of Emprise Bank, the J. Rieger & Co. Distillery, Swellspark, Let It Fly Media, thank you for being here, and we wish you continued success. Uh, and hopefully Andy and I never have to actually work with any of the doctors that you represent, and we can all stay healthy. But uh, continued success with what you're doing. Thank you. Appreciate, appreciate it.